Welcome to The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. Breakaway for nonstop chill. And brought to you by Bed River Sportsbook. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Good morning, everybody. It's another edition of... The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios in downtown Chicago. What is going on, Brian? How are you? I am uh, terrific. Uh, another winning week for the Blackhawks. Uh, go figure. It's, how are they sitting there 11, 6, and 4 right now, Patrick? Uh, because, man, you look at some of these numbers and statistics, it's either with smoke and mirrors or just Lincoln and Kane and we got to talk about it because uh, they're finding a way. Uh, even when they don't play well, like Tuesday, they they find a way, and they tried to give that one away. And now Malcolm Subban, I guess, uh, does he start tonight after getting the shutout? He, you know, Lincoln, Lincoln didn't give way to Subi, as we like to say. What happens? Yeah, I, I would expect Subban to start tonight. They're taking yeah. the ice right now for morning skates, so we'll find out momentarily who's in the starters' crease. But you, you said it. I mean, they're finding ways to win. They finish up that 12-day five-game road trip, taking eight out of a possible 10 points. They're third in the division with 26 points. They're fourth if you go by win percentage. They're in every game. Almost half their games have gone past regulation to decide things. They can win a track meet, 6-5 in a shootout, and they can win those offensively challenged games like they did the other night to zip where Kane comes through with the game-winning goal. But their style and structure it's not glamorous, but if the work ethic is there, Brian, and the goaltending is there, and special teams has been where it's at. Now, the PK has slipped a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but by and large, special teams has been great. Uh, they're going to be in every game. And, and basically, every time I look up and we do a hit midway through the, the third period, it's, it's a one-goal game or it's even every single time. Yeah, the, the power play has been very good still and, and still among the leaders in the NHL. The PK, as you said, 21st now in the league at about 76%, 77%, and they gave up three power play goals on Tuesday when they tried to, to give that one, put that one in the loss column when it was firmly in the win column. And the special teams are so imperative, but five and five comes, uh, comes into play quite a bit here too. And when you look at these numbers, I mean – Okay, take first period on, on Tuesday, uh, Patrick. They, they generate 17 shots to get two goals, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was the most shots they've generated in the first period this season. But in terms of puck possession, shot attempts, scoring chances, I mean, they're 28th, 29th. Look across the board on some of these things. Goals four per 60 minutes, 1.87, five on five. Does that catch up to them at some point? Does, does the reliance on the most important stat, save percentage, 916, fifth in the NHL. Can that continue between now, I guess, is Malcolm Subban firmly back in the conversation as a duo with uh, Kevin Lankinen? Uh, no, I, I still think it's Lankinen's, it's Lankinen's yeah. job. I mean, Subban has been fantastic in his last four starts. You know, take away that Tampa uh, game, which was, the, you know, the first of the season. He has been fantastic. I think he's got like a 952 save percentage over his last 
uh, four starts. That's best, Kevin, best in the NHL. Two, yeah, Kevin's last two starts, you know, not exactly stellar. Right. Uh, so he's given up, what, four more goals in, in five different games. And I don't know that that's not necessarily slipping, but if you're looking for a reason to get more of a balanced uh, goaltender uh, rotation going, uh, maybe if uh, Malcolm, you know, again, uh, stars tonight, that conversation changes a bit. But the goaltending, the power play goals, and, and Patrick Kane and that line have been terrific. So there you go. I mean, now they're a playoff team more than a third of the way through this 56-game season. Patrick Kane looking to become just the 100th player. Think about that. In the National Hockey League to reach the 400-goal plateau. He'll look to do that tonight. Here's Kane on the, uh, on the multiple ways that this team can win a game. It's nice to know that we can win both ways. Um, I just like that we just kind of hung in there the whole night tonight. Um, could have got frustrated. Could have, uh, you know, maybe let some adversity take over. But we just uh, we just did a good job of hanging in there and waiting for our chance, waiting for our break, and capitalizing on it. So, um, uh, yeah, like I said, it's nice to know we can win um, anyway. But I think you've seen – a lot of our games this year, you know, they're they're one goal games, they're tight games, and we're just finding a way to uh, to stay in them and finding a way to win these, whether it's overtime or late goals or um, whatever it is. So it's nice to to keep it rolling here. They've won their last five in a row that have gone past regulation. They started the season zero and four. They lost their first yeah. two in overtime in their first two shootouts they've won their last five that's something you don't often see brian from a young team that's trying to find themselves winning games in uh in high leverage situations like overtime there are so many things i haven't seen young or old team uh, so far this season with these blackhawks i mean that margin of error you know razor thin we've talked about it um the level of play when you're start when you're playing seven eight rookies a night and look at these different names coming in and out and taking star turns, right? And and the expectations that go along with some of these guys and, and also some of the, I don't know, disappointments with, you know, guys like Adam Boquist, but you have to keep reminding yourself he's 20 years old. Um, it, it's just remarkable to see the way this season started with Tampa and Florida and, and 20 goals given up and looking like you don't even belong in the league. And by the way, Tampa and Florida coming up in the next 13 games after you get uh, back-to-backs with Detroit, how big a, a stretch is this next 13 games uh, uh, in the season so far? Absolutely, they're huge. Uh, so after the back-to-back, tonight and tomorrow they play Detroit. Detroit's in last in the division. The next 11 are against Tampa, Florida, and Dallas. Five against the Lightning, four against the Panthers, and two against the Stars. I think... Because Dallas has not played their full allotment of games because of COVID and because of the weather situation in Dallas canceling games. I think those three teams, Brian, are going to be uh, in the top four in this division. So you are going to find out over that 11-game span exactly where this team is at. I mean, right now, they're in the playoff mix. After these next 11 games against, I think... The upper echelon of this division, I think we're going to know a lot more about this team. And that's one of our Twitter poll questions today. Will it be a l- lucky or unlucky 13, uh, given the way the Hawks are playing and winning, but now going against uh, the teams that Patrick just, just described? And and we talked about this last week. With the COVID 
situation and different teams having played, you know, a third less than other teams. Hawks have been pretty fortunate so far. They're 12th in point percentage. And that's what it might come down to if everyone can't get their full 56 in. It doesn't look like everyone's going to get their full 56 games in. So Kane with uh, eight points in his last three games. He's up to 31 now. That's tied for third most in the league. If this was an 82-game season, he's on pace for over 120 points. His high mark is 110 a couple years ago. And the year he won the Hart Trophy 2016, he was at 106. Uh, He was asked this week if he thinks about winning another Hart Trophy. He wanted no part of that question. He said he just wants to to help this team win. But I... I think it's a legit question. We're going to get into it with Hockey Night in Canada's David Amber. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll get the uh, the national perspective from Canada because you look at the top of the scoring list, you've got Connor McDavid putting up absolutely insane numbers. Uh, you've got uh, Matthews, Matthews leading the league in goals, basically almost scoring a goal per game for Toronto. And then you have Patrick Kane coming in. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, that that race shapes up. Can those teams... And by the way, th- I think they don't play with goalies in, in the North Division, in the Canadian Division. Every game is like 7-5. <laughs> I mean, the Hawks have had a few of those, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there aren't, there aren't any 2-1 or 2-0 or games uh, in the North slash Canadian Division. Do they do they spot them two goals each? Like you know, in baseball, we're not putting a runner on second base. Do they have a new rule up north that we're unaware of? Something. Hey, it's, Kate and Kane, nine goals, twenty-one assists. You know, he's the the team's got what sixty goals. It, it's an interesting conversation because you just said McDavid and and Matthews. Is it a two-man race? And look who they play with. And here's Patrick Kane, basically babysitting and bringing these young guys along with them. And look at Debrinket's numbers, right? And and Pew Suter looks like he can be a center on a on a legit uh, first or second line. But does he get credit for that? Does the I the, think the, he the, should. I, I yeah. see. I mean, you know, when you look at Matthews playing with Mitch Marner, now some people think Mitch Marner's the best player on the Leafs. Yeah. So if you're considering Matthews to be your MVP, and yet and some... he's got Joe Thornton too. I mean, you know, no yeah. slouch been around a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, McDavid has Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, he's he's on the power play with Drysidle. Yep. So I mean, if you look at supporting cast, Patrick doesn't have the supporting cast that those two players have here in Chicago. Now, let me tell you something. Alex DeBrinket is the closest thing. To Artemi Panarin, he's the closest thing we've seen to Artemi Panarin. Alex DeBrinket is having an absolutely fantastic season. Jeremy Colleton says he's the best player away from the puck on the team. He's relentless winning those 50-50 uh, puck battles. He's creating turnovers. And, and and Patrick's like, when I see him go into a, I I know he's coming out with it. And I'm looking for a, uh, a spot on the ice to get open because I know he's going to feed me. I mean, it's they've got that East-West game going. They are they are in rhythm, and uh, it's fun to watch when you see two skilled players like that who have that kind of chemistry. And we've talked about it before, and Jeremy Carlton said it again this week. You know, uh, Patrick Kane does all those things uh, without the puck too, right? He's leading by example. He's he's shown guys how it's done. It you know everyone wants to get on the score sheet. Everyone wants to see the the lamp lit, 
but Patrick Kane is, is doing all the little things that you need to do to win as well. So again, I don't know when we'll talk uh, to David about, you know, what, what goes into his vote, but uh, having voted in the NHL and then voted in a baseball writers association, everyone brings a different kind of um, equation to how they end up with the, the ballot they cast when it's all said and done. Some guys strictly go on numbers. And like you said, Matthew's, I mean, 18 goals in 20 games. He could be the first NHL player since Brett Hall in 91-92 to have 50 goals in, 50, in the first 50 games in a 56-game season. That's pretty impressive. Um, some people just look at that and say, oh, yeah, yeah, they, you know, here, McDavid, the numbers are, are the numbers, and, you know, it's a two-man race. You know, I would beg to differ at this point. So do you think Patrick Kane can win his second Hart Trophy this season? That's one of our poll questions. You can follow the show at ESPN Hockey Show on Twitter. You can follow Brian at BrianHanley534. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BoyleNBCS. Give us a call, 312-332-3776. Your thoughts on another successful road trip from the Blackhawks. Now they're home for a while, but the... The schedule gets a much more difficult for this team. What are your expectations? 312-332-3776. And has Subban somehow moved ahead of Lankanen in your eyes? Give us a call. 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. When you're at home, don't miss Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Malcolm Subban coming off his second career shutout, his first as a Blackhawk. Welcome back to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill. I just heard from the NBC Sports Chicago Blackhawks insider Charlie Romeliotis. He told me that uh, Kevin Lankinen is working with uh, Jimmy Waite early, so it indeed looks like Subi. Malcolm Subban will be back in the crease tonight, and that makes sense. Lankanen will probably get the start tomorrow night against Detroit as they play back-to-back. But you know what? Malcolm Subban deserves to be in the crease tonight after uh, pitching a shutout the other night. Yeah, no doubt about it. You have to give him that opportunity. He certainly earned it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting with Delia still hanging around. You can't send him to Rockford because then he gets to, you know, every team gets a, a shot at taking they, him. Well, they actually sent him down on a condition uh, uh, situation. So there, he's going down to, to get some conditioning. Okay, so, so there's your loophole. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's your technicality. There's your... Don't touch him. Yes. No touchy. Don't touch yeah, him. He's still ours. He's still. <laughs> you can't touch Dealey. Yeah, so, I mean, look, it's worked out really well. And, and Jeremy Colleton was asked, you know, coming in, it was the big question mark on this team. You know, you had three unproven goalies. You had Subban, who had been with Vegas and Boston behind uh, Tuka Rask and Marc-Andre Fleury and has never really gotten an opportunity. He comes here and he's he's behind Corey Crawford. You had Lankinen, who had never started an NHL game. You had Delia, who had a cup of coffee with the Hawks two years ago and played in a handful of games. So Carlton was asked if he's surprised how well this this whole goalie thing has worked out. Yeah, I mean we not, we got to say we're pleasantly surprised. They've they've both been uh, really good. They give us a chance to win every night, and 
that's what you you hope for when you give young guys opportunity. You hope they're going to seize it and uh, take advantage of it, and that's what they're doing. And so Subban will get the start tonight against Detroit. One thing I'd like to see this team do is not play down to their uh, opponent. And again, mm-hmm. the, the work ethic is something that Jeremy Colleton prides this team on. And it, it's it's what he, he said as the mantra at the beginning of the year. And he said that's the only way we're going to be successful is if we outwork the opponent. But when this last road trip started in Detroit, Brian... I mean, there were some uneven performances. They were outplayed for that, that stretches first, of both games. Yeah, both yeah. games, and yeah. and still found a way to win. Uh, I don't want to see that that recipe, uh, you know, over the next two nights at the United Center. No, they got to stay hungry. And even though we've talked about it, and and Jeremy Carlton is is selling culture and hard work and teamwork and all, and he's about you know, tell me a coach in any league that has not not tried to sell all those team aspects. You know, play for the uh, the name on front of the jersey, or sweater, not on the back. You can you can package it any way you want. But they did and have bought in. So I'm with you. They don't have the luxury to to take nights off or even periods off. And the good news is, when they have done that, more often than not, in the last two three weeks, they found a way to win. But you'd like to see them start, you know, start winning five on five. You'd like to see them, you know, not rely on on. Goalies going 91, 92% save percentage, you know, and, and giving their, their backstop no, no room for error. So they, there's some, a, a lot of work to do. But that said, who thought we'd be sitting there looking at 11 wins, you know, 21 games into the season? I certainly didn't no, see it coming. No, nobody saw this coming. Uh, and, and nobody saw Patrick Kane putting up MVP numbers as we approached the midway point of this 56-game schedule. Uh, Jeremy Colleton was asked, if Patrick Kane is having an MVP type season, here's Colleton's response to that. Yeah. I mean, I, look at what the expectations were for our team and, and where, where uh, everyone had us finishing and uh, yet we're, we're right there. We're in the battle. And uh, obviously he's a big part of that. His production is um, better than ever, but uh, to me, it's all about, the work ethic away from the puck and the willingness to put pressure on the puck and, and create transition for uh, himself, but for his line mates too. And that's uh, that type of you know team first mentality. That's what we're trying to build here so that we can have um, long-term success. So we can get back to being an elite team. And uh, not only, you know, is he, he's doing it, but he's encouraging other guys to do it. And uh just little things like changing the offensive zone. Uh, I think everyone as a group sees when you when you do selfless things, when you're unselfish, um, it comes around. And uh, when he's driving that, it sure is powerful. It's a total buy-in from Patrick Kane. And you watch him work away from the puck, whether it's back-checking in overtime like he did the other night, uh, whether it's seeing the puck in the offensive zone and watching Patrick exit for a, a line change. That is something, Brian, yeah. we did not see the last two years. They were so reliant on 88 to drive this team offensively. He would stay out there for extended shifts. Now, he's still getting a ton of ice time. And part of that is because a lot of nights they go with 11 forwards and he's getting double shifted. But his shift times are 
are more in line of what Colleton wants to see. Uh, you know, not being out there for extended time, setting up the, the next line in, in good position. And when everybody on the team sees an MVP candidate exit, uh, when the puck's in the offensive zone to, to set up his, the next line, they take notice to that. They realize that's, that's a selfless act and that's, that's something that they're going to follow. Yeah, and and again, will the Hart uh, uh, Trophy voters take things like that into consideration? I mean, they'll look and see he's playing between twenty-two and twenty-three minutes, getting ice time, and and uh, you know, third in in the team, third on the team, first among all forwards, and and that might even go up as we move forward. And the fact that he's in the conditions to still do this after all these years is amazing as well. But that selflessness is stuff that maybe if you're not paying attention to Hawks games every night and you are north of the border, you, you can't because you're paying attention to all the Canadian teams. You know, those little intangibles should come into play into the conversation because he's leading the team in so many different ways, not just statistically. And, and for years, Brian, we've heard that, you know, put Patrick Kane with anyone and he'll make them better. Now, that's a true statement. He will make anyone better. But who makes Patrick Kane better? That, that's, that was the issue I had over the last several years. There's no reason why one of the top five players in the league has a revolving door at center and at left wing. I mean, you know, they had the two years with Panarin, and that was unbelievable. And prior to that and... You know, since Panarin left, it's been this revolving door. Well, it looks like Dabrinkit is that guy. You know, who's going to take Patrick from an 80-point season to 106 or 110? He's doing it right now with a rookie center in Pew Suter, who was replaced early in that first period by another rookie, Philip Kurashev. So, again, you look at what Kane is doing and you look at who he's doing it with, that to me makes it even more impressive. But we have to give credit to Alex Dabrinkit because his game has evolved, and that's why Patrick is putting up the numbers that he is this year. And we talked about last week, uh, PB, about that chemistry, and they talked about it more importantly, about hanging out together, working out together, playing golf together when you can do that, and how that just builds this kind of intrinsic chemistry on the ice and the fact that he has 21 assists, again, speaks to being selfless. I mean, he, he could have another five, six, seven goals pop probably, but uh, when, when the brink gets open, you know, he'll, he's gladly willing to give that, the, you know, pass that puck right back. To when him, when Brandon Hagel, you know, the, yeah. the guy oh, we've been talking go. about for weeks had done everything but light the lamp. Who was the primary assist on that? Who made sure yeah. he got it? It was Patrick Kane. Let's go to the phone lines. Brian's in Arlington Heights. Brian, good morning. Welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Thanks, Patty. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I think what you guys were talking about with Patrick Kane, his impact, it, it can't be overstated, especially like you said, he's playing with all these younger guys and the impact he's having on them and making everyone around him better. It's it's very reminiscent of remembering Marion Hosa 10 years ago good and point. what he did and what he meant to those teams he just elevates everyone around him, and it just makes him so fun to watch. No question. I, I think that you know that's uh, that's one thing that we don't give maybe Hosa enough credit for his role of mentoring the ta- the Taves and Canes 
in the, you know, the 2010 year and the early years about work ethic and about a 200 foot game. And, you know, we are seeing that from Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane is, is been a different player leadership wise ever since the 2015 Stanley Cup. He has taken his, his leadership responsibilities and his role with this team to an absolute, uh, another level. Brian, and I'm sure, I'm sure you remember too, uh, Pat. It seems like yesterday, Patrick came talking about how he watched Hosa lead by example and, and go into the corners and do all that stuff. And he's figured, well, if that guy can do it, I can do it. And now he lives the, the legacy and, and he turns around and mentors the, the younger guys on the team to do the same. Hey, we got a new segment, uh, on the show where we, uh, get some things off our chest, you know, more league related stuff. It's called one timers. One timers. One timer by Albertson. He scores on the hockey show. One time shot. On ESPN One Thousand. All right, Brian Hanley, you lead us off with one timers this morning. Well, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, or at least when Philadelphia's playing. Look, everyone's had their laughs on Twitter and social media. Look, the NHL didn't know it was going to be sunny in in Nevada at Lake Tahoe. Ha ha! Ice melting. You know, save it. All I know is. There are plenty of eyes watching the, the, the great game, games, plural, last weekend at Lake Tahoe. It was a beautiful setting. Yeah, they should have accounted for uh, ice melting, and they had the longest intermission in, in the history of hockey. <laughs> but it broke, it broke record ratings in television, and I'm sure there are a lot of non-hockey fans who either tuned in for parts of it, because you could either watch it in the afternoon or you could watch it before midnight, right, you know, 11 o'clock Chicago time. I hope they keep doing this. I had the uh, opportunity to go to the stadium series at Yankee Stadium during Super Bowl week in New York. And, you know, one of, just a great, terrific event to be part of. And the NHL should get props and keep doing it. Keep, keep trying to be innovative and, uh, you know, keep those games coming because it was fantastic. All right. So uh, my one-timer on this topic is a little different than yours. Now, first of all, I've been to all the Blackhawks outdoor games. I have loved every second of them they've been unique different i thought lake tahoe was incredible but and it's interesting you bring up the ratings i do think part of that was the rubber neck you know looking at a, at a train wreck as far as this game not being played for that's several hours nascar yeah that's called nascar but they got greedy the nhl did they picked the most picturesque place on the planet lake tahoe to hold their game gary bettman said sunshine has always been our enemy well then gary Take it out of the equation. Start the game 30 to 45 minutes before the sun sets. Then you'll get your Mike Tirico pregame show in the glorious sunlight. And you'll have all the picturesque panoramic views of Lake Tahoe, the glistening lake, uh, the, the white uh, white caps on the mountains. It'll, it'll be gorgeous. And then you start the game 30, 40 minutes before sunset. First period will be played in the sunlight. You'll get the nice sun setting. And then periods two and three, you play under the lights when the sun is down. Take the sun out of the equation and don't put the athletes at risk because bottom line, Brian, the the ice was dangerous in that first period on Saturday. No doubt about it, but uh, I keep the games coming. All right. And you, maybe you should be a consultant because that was all too logical for me. <laughs> all right. What's your second one-timer? Trade deadline, April 12th. For me, you might as well make it March 12th. That might actually be the, the, the activity deadline because with COVID, 
If you're going to go and make a big deal, we don't expect the Hawks to be buyers or sellers of any kind of note. They're going to stick with what they have in the plan. The fact is, if you're going to make a big deal and give up a lot of assets, not knowing if someone's going to test positive and be quarantined and be out 10 to 14 days, I would rather, as a GM, do it sooner than later and and get them incorporated in, in, in my team and in my rotation instead of making that deal on April 12th and all of a sudden someone's out for two weeks and, by the way, the, the playoffs start May 10th. So I think we're, if we're going to see a lot of activity, you might see it a few weeks before the deadline. All right, so the Hawks have had nine of their 21 games go to overtime or shootouts. So almost half their games are three-point games with the opposition, which is good for parity. It keeps things tight in the standings. But I would like to see more emphasis put on winning in regulation. So I would prefer the 3 2 one uh, allotment of points. Three points for a win in regulation. Overtime win or shootout, you get two points. Overtime loss is one point. Regulation losses are worth zero. So wow. more, more emphasis on winning in regulation, a little less of the three-point nights. That is one-timers. Up next, we are going to go to Canada. Hockey Night in Canada studio host David Amber joins us for the national perspective on Patrick Kane's MVP campaign that's next it's the hockey show on espn 1000 you're listening to the hockey show pat boyle and brian hanley host chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans the hockey show presented by Coors light on chicago's home for sports espn 1000 and the espn chicago app Cuts a little snap, he scores! Patrick Kane, career goal, 3-9-9, and a big one there puts his team in front. That's Pat Foley on NBC Sports Chicago the other night. Patrick Kane goes for his 400th career goal tonight. You can also see that game on NBC Sports Chicago. It's the Hockey Show, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. It is time to bring in uh, a friend of mine. We used to work together back at Bristol at ESPN. He is the studio host for Hockey Night in Canada on Sportsnet. Oh, we're bringing in the old Hockey Night in Canada theme from back in the day. Oh, there's none other. No, nothing greater than it's, that. It's the gold standard as far as hockey coverage goes in television. By the way, every Saturday night you can watch David, Ron McClain, and Hockey Central and Hockey Night in Canada on the NHL Network. So it's a great watch. And we bring in David Amber from north of the border. Good morning, David. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. The song's giving me tingles. I don't know if you know the background on that song. So CBC had that song for many, many, many years. And um, it became obviously one of like the anthems, kind of like the Monday Night Football anthem for, for American sports fans. And uh and CBC is a, is a publicly, you know, it's a government company, right? It's run by the government. And the person who wrote the song suddenly said, I want a million dollars for the royalties for that song. <laughs> and it's a hard, it's a hard ask on taxpayers. Uh, hey, can you guys ante up a million dollars so we can have that song? So essentially, we ended up losing that song to, uh, to TSN, our competitors who paid the money and, and got the song. So kind of funny, but wow. nostalgic nonetheless. So we're, we're pretty stunned here, David, by the Blackhawks start in, in Chicago. From a league-wide perspective, what, what is your reaction to, to the Blackhawks start their first 21? I'm shocked. 
I'm, I'm absolutely shocked, guys. I mean, we, we had this team left for dead. You know, it was a great story in the bubble last year, but then you look at Kirby Dock getting injured at the World Juniors. You look at their captain, Jonathan Taves, out with a, you know, sort of an undisclosed illness, uh, you know, indefinitely. And you looked at the goaltending situation and everything else, and you said, okay, well, this is a, clearly a rebuilding situation. The Hawks will probably be a top five, you know, draft selector in, in next year's draft. And that's sort of how we viewed this team. And lo and behold, you, you never sleep on Patrick Kane. You don't sleep on a group of young players who obviously Jeremy Carlton's getting everything out of his group. It, it's, I would say, arguably, guys, it's the feel-good story so far in the National Hockey League season. As you look at the, the, you brought up Patrick Kane. Um, well, you know, you and I have gone back and forth on social media over the years. And, and look, Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, what they are doing right now, they're putting up insane numbers. And both teams are, are atop the, the North Division. But when you look at what Patrick Kane is doing, is he, has he entered the Hart Trophy race from your perspective, David? Uh, he hasn't entered it. He's he's my front runner. Uh, with all due respect, really, ninety. Yeah, honestly, what ninety seven does on a night in night out basis. Uh, Connor McDavid is the best player in the game. Period. And you could argue he's the most skilled person to ever lace on skates ever, based on what he can accomplish at those speeds. But right now, Patrick Kane riding solo, essentially, and, and with all due respect to everyone else, I mean, he is. When you're game planning against the Chicago Blackhawks, it's clearly what are we going to do against eighty eight? That's it. That's the one guy you're overly concerned about when it comes to Connor mcdavid and and austin matthews look at the teams they're on and the offensive power beside them the leon dry saddles the mitch marners etc what i see patrick kane doing third now in the league and scoring uh leading this you know unsung group of players into what looks like could be a possible playoff position to me he's right now the front runner as the mvp uh, and again we're very early in the season and mcdavid continues to be just magical and matthews if, if matthews can score 50 goals in 56 games then you know everything could tell, uh, tilt in the pendulum but right now patrick king could be the front runner in my eyes do you feel that other voters are in your camp too giving him that due consideration you know what brian that's really interesting it's a weird year and i know there's a lot of um, american uh, hockey media members who are a bit concerned that all of us up here in canada are pretty uh <laughs> microscopic uh, feel on, on the on the North Canadian division, and we're, we're sort of unifocused on that. And I can't lie, all these Canadian-Canadian matchups have caught our attention, and certainly it's where our attention does lie. But I think it's incumbent on us to keep an eye on the, the entire league and see what's going on, see what Jonathan Huberto's doing down in Florida, see what Patrick Kane's doing in Chicago, see what some of these other bright stars Vasilevsky continues to do in Tampa. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a consensus. I think right now the media rumblings up here are it's between Matthews and McDavid so far as far as the, who, who is the MVP. But I've been on a few shows, talked to some different people, and certainly Patrick Kane and what he's doing hasn't gone unnoticed so far. Have you been impressed with, with how the NHL, I mean, obviously the bubble situation was flawless this summer, both in Edmonton and Toronto. But with how that they've conducted this in the pandemic, have you been uh, impressed with it so far? And do you think we're going to see all the teams play the, the full 56? Well, that's a great question, Pat. I've been impressed just because you have to be fluid with what's happening. I mean, there's a, there's a global pandemic, right? And we saw it in baseball. We saw it. It, in, we've seen it in basketball to some degree. We saw it in the NFL. You have to kind of go with the flow. And, uh-oh, a guy tests positive, or we could have some possible positive tests. What are we going to do? And they've, they've uh, acted incredibly swiftly. 
Uh, they've made quick decisions. They've made decisions that, you know, aren't going to put anyone in extra danger. They've, they've always made sure not to compromise the players' health and safety and the staff and everyone else. So I think that's the first and foremost thing. So I think kudos to the National Hockey League for that. And then secondly, the 56 games, that's the interesting one. Uh, you know, I think the majority of teams will get to 56 games, but I think they're going to obviously reassess if there's some more stoppages and some more postponements. If, if you know, every team in one division will only play 52 games, so be it. They know the ultimate situation is just to have some, some you know, make sure there's parity uh, and that everyone has sort of a fair chance. And the one column you've got to look to in the standings isn't points, it's points percentage, because to me that's going to be the big one. Uh, if teams don't play the same amount of games, it's going to come down to points percentage and which team has a greater winning percentage in that, in that uh, regard. Do any aspects of these uh realign divisions stick around after the pandemic and after we get back to normal? You know what? That's been asked a lot. And, and, you know, both Commissioner Bettman and and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly have said, you know, we're going to wait and see. I think the idea, just because of travel and other uh, logistics, I I think they're going to go back to, to what we saw. I mean, we're loving this in Canada right now. It's a lot of fun, but I'm sure the Vancouver Canucks are kind of not loving life right now. First of all, they're sitting near the bottom of the standings. But more importantly, they don't play a single game in their, except for their home games in their time zone, right? Like they used to be in a division with the three California teams, Arizona, Vegas. They used to play the majority of their games in their time zone. And now they're every single game playing either one, two, or three hours out of their time zone. So I can't see this being sort of a permanent situation by any means. I'm sure Minnesota and St. Louis would also have something to say about that. And I, I do see it's fun for a year, but I see us going back to the traditional uh, divisional format next year. All right, just to recap, David, if the topic of the Hart Trophy comes up on Hockey Night in Canada, <laughs> you are going to be pumping the tires of one Patrick Kane and Elliot Friedman, and everybody's going to be looking at you cross-eyed saying, what, McDavid, Matthews are not, is not your front runner." <laughs> You got my you got my vow on that, and I bet you. Listen, he'll probably score his 400 tonight, and we probably will be talking about Patrick Kane. And I'll, I will definitely uh, wave the flag for him because, and I don't think that's a silly thing to say. And, and it's again with no disrespect to anyone else, but he's been that good so far this year, Pat. All right, David, keep up the great work. Uh, best to Elliot, Ron, and all the uh, the crew north of the border. Thank you for doing this, and we'll uh, talk to you down the road. We'll, we'll also be watching on NHL Network. I love it. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Enjoy the games today, and uh, we'll talk soon. That's David Thanks, Amber Dave. from Hockey Night in Canada. How about that, Brian? He, he's it's terrific. I hope I hope there are a lot of like-minded people out there and, and paying attention. Um, because you know what? He should be in the conversation at the bare minimum. Certainly, he should be on a lot of ballots. No question. Now, do you want to fill folks in where, where you are hanging out right now? Because you're... In a in a better climate than I am, let's just say that. Yeah, I'm I'm in a uh, horse racing bubble down here at <laughs> Gulfstream Park. And explain and to everybody why you're in this horse racing bubble. Because I'm a degenerate. No, um, <laughs> I've got I've got two horses. Big stakes card today. At Gulfstream Park have a uh, horse in a two hundred thousand dollar race. Race twelve. Adios, Trippy. I own the tail. Uh, it's not a big. Not a. <laughs> I'm not a majority owner, but hey, it's an excuse to come down here. And I've got. Korea's Brooklyn Law in the second race, which is going to go off in about 15 minutes or 12 minutes. So I'm going to be like a thoroughbred and, and break for the, uh, for the rail so I can see the horse. Um, Do you have a Bob Baffert look to you today? Do you have like the blue sunglasses and a nice? Uh, you know, I'm working on the salt, more salt than pepper. That's the only thing I okay. got going. All right. Bob Baffert and I share one thing. It's gray hair. <laughs> 
Well, we wish you luck on that. And, hey, do you have a theory on why so many hockey people are involved in horse racing? Because you look at it. I mean, Edzo, huge into it. Dennis Savard, Joel hey, Quenville. I, I used to run bets for Savvy on the road. <laughs> he, would, he would, before a skate or a practice, he'd come up to me and say, You were DraftKings before DraftKings. Yeah, Jerry LaSala was a good friend of his. He was a jockey uh, in the Chicago land area. He said, Jerry really likes his mount today. And he'd hand me some money, and I'd hop in a car and go find the nearest OTB, whether it's Montreal or Denver or wherever. And unfortunately, I'd end up bringing back a lot of losing tickets to, to Savvy. But, huh. but I, and I, of course, jumped on the horse too, uh, not literally. So, uh, yeah, I have no theory on why that is. It's, uh, you know, hockey players are great golfers, and a lot of them and, and a lot of coaches love their horse racing and want to get involved in it. And so that's how that's how I got involved. Edzo and I got involved. He, he was nice enough to drag me along in a, a horse partnership and had a lot of fun doing it and, uh, and have kept doing it. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, we're going to let you uh, saddle up, riders up, and uh, giddy, up. giddy up, make your way over there. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you next week on the Hockey Show, all right? You're the best, PB. Thanks. All right, that's Brian Hanley joining us from Florida. Uh, coming up next, you heard it from David Amber, all right? So it's not just like the Chicago, you know, we're, we're all in on Kane and anything he does we love and, you know, because we watch him every night, of course he's, you know, the best player on the planet. Well, you, you heard from the studio host of Hockey Night in Canada who watches every single Canadian team on a nightly basis, what Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and Drysaddle, what they all do. And he says Patrick Kane is his front runner right now. Do you agree with that? Does that surprise you? 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Breakaway from the nonstop chill. You're listening to The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Coors Light. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, presented by Coors Light. Break away from the nonstop chill. Our thanks to producer Tyler Aki and Brian Hanley, who joins us, as always, every single week. Thanks to David Amber from Hockey Night in Canada, who uh, who said that he thinks right now, again, we're, we're past the, uh, the third, uh, the first third of the season. We're approaching the halfway point, and it's early. But even though Connor McDavid has 40 points, and even though Austin Matthews has you know 31 points and is tied with Kane, he says Patrick Kane is his leader right now in the clubhouse for the Hart Trophy. So I, I find that interesting. I I, I thought for sure that they, he was going to go with Connor McDavid simply with the numbers that McDavid is putting up. But again, he's weighing in that you know he's on it. He's on a team with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and dry saddles with him on the power play. And he's factoring in that Matthews is playing with Mitch Marner and Tavares. So when you factor in that Patrick Kane's out there with a rookie center and Pew Suter or Philip Kershev, and he's back with a resurgent Alex DeBrinkett, and you know that the opposition is focusing on 88 every given night, and he's still putting up these numbers. That's why he has him as his MVP. Let's go to the phone lines, 312-332-3776. John from Evergreen Park, welcome to the Hockey Show. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing all right. How are you? 
Good. I'm excited for the game tonight. You think he gets number 400 tonight? I think it's 401 tonight. All right. I like I like your <laughs> optimism. Yeah. Do you think he's the MVP right now? Were you surprised to hear uh, the studio host of Hockey Night in Canada, David Amber, say that he is right now uh, his leader as the Hart Trophy recipient? Yeah, it was nice to hear that someone else outside the circle agrees with that, too. It's just been un- unbelievable what he's doing this year. Yeah, making everyone better, left and right. It, it truly has. It's been it's been fun to watch, and the chemistry he has with Alex DeBrinket, I think that's what's taken Kane to the next level this year. Hundred percent. Let's give him eighty eight points in fifty six games. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. All right, John. Thanks for the call. We'll see if yeah, he gets no number four hundred and four hundred one tonight. Again, they'll take on the Detroit Red Wings. Malcolm Subban will get the start. Uh, you can see that game on NBC Sports Chicago. I'll have the pregame show for you at 6.30 with Jamal Mayers and Steve Conroy. Uh, Tyler Aki, I know you're a huge hoops fan. I know you're Mr. College Basketball. You love yourself some oh bulls. Boy. I know where this is going. No, have you enjoyed or watched an, a, a Patrick Kane so far this year and appreciated what you've seen from him? I thought you were about to go tout your Spartans for a second oh, there. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not that. <laughs> Look, they're making a, a little bit of a comeback here, but it's been rough sledding in East Lansing. Yeah, but to, to get to your question, no, absolutely. And I think one of the callers earlier in the show who brought up how he's kind of bringing the young guys along and we're seeing almost the Marion Hosa type of leadership and veteran presence with this group because these rookies sure that they may have had the potential to be good but to be good this quickly and with Patrick Kane as the leader the guy who's on the ice with them I think that's been the most impressive part and it's one of those things where we'll see when it comes down to voting for the MVP if that gets taken into consideration are they going to look at the stuff that's not necessarily on the stat sheet that's going to be the fascinating thing for me. And it's going to be interesting with 82 voters north of the border watching just those Canadian. Now, again, they're watching other games, but primarily right. they're watching the, the North Division. And then there's like 88 voters in the United States, but they're spread out in the three other divisions. So it's going to be interesting to see how the voting's going. Look, we're getting ahead of ourselves. First things first, let's see what happens tonight. See if Patrick Kane gets his 400th career goal, becoming just the 100th player in NHL history to do it. Uh, should be a lot of fun. We will see you next week on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000.